Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Legendary guitarist and contemporary blues artist Bobby Masano has released seven solo CDs and played on 50 major label and indie albums in his career. In 2015, he received the Hollywood Music and Media Award. In 2012, he was the Delaware Blues Hall of Fame inductee. And in 2015, he had a number one Billboard Blues album. It's my honor to have Bobby on the program for this edition of Americana Music Profiles. Hi, Bobby. Welcome to the podcast today. Hi, Greg. How are you? Absolutely good, man. It's so good to talk to you, and uh, glad that we could make it work. You're in Colorado, is that right? Yeah, I'm in Fort Collins, Colorado. You're looking at mountains right now. Okay. Actually, looking at mountains at a Budweiser plant. <laughs> well, the mountains part's cool, and I guess the Budweiser part's cool, too, depending on what time of the day it is, right? <laughs> well, I don't drink. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I mean, never mind. At least... At least I don't drink Budweiser. If, yeah. it, was a, if it was a Pinot Noir plant here. Yeah, right okay. Now, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. So, it, man, it's good to get a chance to talk to you. I've been uh, reading some of the liner notes and catching up on some of the videos, and uh, you, you've been at this a long time. Uh, Lord, I have been. It's been, uh, I think it's 40, 40, this has been 43, 43rd year of the business. Okay, wow. So, yeah. Was this uh, something that started for you as a as a youngster uh, in, in high school, college, or did, right? Uh, no, you know it started when I was a kid because when I was in 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 in, in high in high school, I mean I was already playing, and when I was fourteen, I was actually playing in clubs with like guys that were like twenty five and twenty eight and stuff, and uh, and my hope my goal was at that particular point to be and and I'm I'm trying to write my memoirs. It's just. Taking forever. Yeah. Okay. And I have too. I have too many stories, but I wanted to be Eric Clapton, and I wanted to play the Fillmore East. Okay. And I never got to do either. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, it's, it's not too late, right? <laughs> no. No. I wrote for Clapton, but I and I but the Fillmore East is gone. So I mean. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so you. Uh, I noticed that you have been able to collaborate with a lot of different folks, uh, as well as your own uh, solo career. Is there, uh, I know this probably is a loaded question, but is there, um, or, or what is the difference? Is it a noticeable difference? Do you prefer one or the other? Uh, well, you know, that's, that, that, that's actually a really good question, because 
<clears throat> I mean, I was, uh, you know, when I, when I was growing up playing as, as a kid, I, I sang lead, and, and I was a guitar player. And um, when I joined my first album band, um, I turned into, uh, you know, a sideman, mm-hmm. uh, even though I was an integral part of it. Right. And, um, you know, it, it was it was interesting because <clears throat> I went from literally being, you know, the guy that was there singing and playing to being, I, I, used, I, I call it the guys in the trench, you know, the, the musicians in the trenches. Sure, yeah. And, and you know, I mean, the interesting thing is, is that it took a lot of pressure off to just be the guitar player. Sure, yeah. But by the same token, you know, I wasn't able to do as much create, creating of music of my own. So, I mean, I really liked that, and I was always really good in that spot. But, you know, at some point I had to change it over and, like, do it for myself because I really, truly wanted to be incredibly broke. Um, <laughs> 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 was there a, a moment or a season where it, you either kind of had to make that choice or you knew if you didn't break into your solo career, it wouldn't happen? Well, yeah, I mean, it was because, I mean, if you look at the career, it was... You know, I, I've always been a, you know, it, I've been just a player. So, you know, I played a lot of acoustic guitar. I played a lot of electric guitar. Mm-hmm. And I was like one of those guitar hero, quote, unquote, kind of people. Right. And, and uh, but I didn't do as much writing because I was, you know, playing with other writers and other people that were, I mean, I, I thought were better writers than I did <clears throat> and uh, that I, than I was. But, you know, when I played with, you know, hard rock people, and I played with Steve Winwood. So, you know, right. and I played with Gloria Gaynor. So, right, yeah. You know, so it's it's like I was just a player, and whatever was there that I could play and play well, I did. But, yeah, it was sort of like this epiphany at one point. Um, I had done a tour of Germany in 1990. Actually, I had done my solo album in 1989, <laughs> and it was, a, it was a rock solo album. And it was very well received, mm-hmm. but it did not, you know, it charted, it just, you know, it was on MTV, but, it, you know, I was sort of getting at the back end of why am I playing, as much as it was fun, why am I playing, like, hard rock stuff when I'm not, like, super, you know, I was comfortable, but I just wanted to do something that had more depth. Mm-hmm. So, I did. I came back from Germany in 1990 and had this epiphany and said, you know, I want to go. I want to go back to playing contemporary blues mm. and more stuff like that. And like, you know, that band Stanky Brown that I was in <laughs> were, for all intents and purposes, an Americana band. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, they were like Firefall. Yeah. Right. And uh, you know, and that, that's where I wanted to go. But I also was. I grew up playing, you know, blues. I mean, right. you know, Freddie King and stuff. So I just made that choice and went. It's now time I have to do this, and that's what I did in, in 1990, actually, yes. And and kind of fast forward a bit, you're, um, uh, one of the reasons why we're talking today is the new record, Lemonade, and I, if I think I read it right, it's the ninth for you, Solo? Right? Uh, yeah, I think if we, I think if I add my Masano record, it's the ninth, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, yeah. And, and feeling more kind of... Uh, Americana blues. Am I reading that right? Um, yeah, it is because it's it's you know I mean there's a lot of Cajun feel on it, and I mean the other ones you know were it, you know all my records have it's not straight ahead blues, 
there's there's always the big rock guitar blues, you know. Right, right. And two albums ago, uh, Love and Money went number one on the Billboard Blues charts. Um, I actually knocked Samantha Fish out. Hmm. And and who's my buddy? <laughs> Sorry, Sam. <laughs> um, um, but you know, I was on it for eight weeks on the, in the top ten. And you know, I, I always incorporate acoustics. I always incorporate dobros. I and, and I'm very song oriented, and I write songs about my life. And I try to. I'm pretty funny, so I try to sort of make them comedic sometimes. Mm-hmm. But but um, this one, uh, bad movie was the last one, which was a really phenomenal record. I mean, John Tivin wrote all the songs with me. Um, Brian May, who's a friend of mine, wrote one song for it, and uh, Steve Kalinich, who was with the Beach Boys, uh, did one, and uh, uh, Larry Weiss, who uh, wrote Rhinestone Cowboy, and right. uh, and Ben Me Shape Me did one song. Really, it, had, it was a 15-song CD. It was really good. This one actually started as... Uh, this is actually it was a mistake, because I wasn't supposed to actually do this record. It was an, another artist that I was producing with Joe Michaels, with Joe Baby Michaels. Mm-hmm. And and, the, and she did not show up for the record. Oh, wow. There were some, <laughs> well, there were problems yeah. in her family. Yeah, sure. So, you know, and, and, and it, it sort of messed it up. And I had to write a record very quickly. Okay. I mean, I'm saying in 48 hours. Wow. <laughs> and, wow. And I had two songs that she and I had co-written that were going to be on, and I knew. And then I wrote the rest of it in 48 hours and yeah. showed up in Louisiana, not quite knowing what I had. Wow. And it just is magical, because Dockside Studios, where we recorded it in, in Maurice, uh, up by Lafayette, was incredible. I mean, <clears throat> you know, Bob Malone flew in from L.A., and, you know, all these guys were in to do the other record, but we ended up doing mine, and, and you know, Malone and I are both from New Jersey, we're both funny, and we're both, you know, <clears throat> uh, blues. I mean, he plays with John Fogarty and Ringo, and, mm-hmm. you know, you know, and, and, and it's just, oh, it's just amazing. Doug Below on drums from Ricky Lee Jones and Clapton and Sandy Landreth and, uh, uh, you know, uh, Carl Dufresne from North Mississippi All-Stars and uh, Andrews Osborne. I mean, this turned into a magical record, and it was, uh, Joe was trying to get me to spread my wings a little bit and be a little more jam-bandy, Americana-y self, you know, not, right. instead of just a little bit more of the box. And plus, you know, I had done a lot of dance records in New York with Niall Rogers and I were doing a lot of dance records. Okay. So I ended up with cool funk stuff and second line stuff. And yeah. I mean, and it ends with an extraordinary version of Find the Cost of Freedom by Chorus Bristles and Nash. Right, yeah. And it's just, it's that's where it went. It's a beautiful record, I think, you know. And, and I do say, we always say our records are great when we make them, because you have to, because <laughs> you, know, you don't want to put it out if it's sure, not good. Sure, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm very careful to put really great records out that sound like they cost $15 million. <laughs> and this one is great. Now, and, uh, when you said you had to write this in 48 hours and you show up in the studio <laughs> what with how complete are, are they in 48 hours do you just have melodies and a few words or do you did you have you know half a dozen or a dozen songs ready to go no i i had about 10 songs ready but they were only choruses and you know that's the way i write anyway uh-huh. so i was still writing lyrics in the studio 
I knew what they were going to be about. Yeah. And and I was still writing arrangements. Okay. But I literally walked in, and they had found out about it the night before. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, and I walked in, and, and they went, what do you have? Yeah, <laughs> and okay. I, and I picked, my, I picked my phone up, <laughs> and I put it on the microphone, and I said, why don't we start with this one? Yeah. You know, it was a song called Black and White. Wow. And, uh it, it turned out phenomenal. Plus, you know, when you're working with musicians like that, sure, yeah, you know, that's what we're supposed to do. You walk in and you create something that's amazing, yeah, and you get a camaraderie up really quickly. And this, that's what happened. We did. I mean, and, and I record really quick, and we do everything really quick. This entire record, from <clears throat> setup to mastering. Uh, it was is about sixty nine hours, sixty eight hours. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yes. That's and fast, Dave Glasser, man. you know Dave Glass, uh, David uh, Glasser, who does the Grateful Dead stuff, and uh, he masters that stuff. He 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 got through the fourth song and looked at us and went, "Oh my God, this is one of the best records I've ever heard." And I went, "Oh my God, coming from you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the team was extraordinary. Yeah. Well, it certainly <laughs> speaks to to your team and and your years as a musician and and having all of that experience to draw on. Um, you know, it's just so so many artists would probably um, uh, dream of being Humble. able to create a record like that. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I mean, that's what I always go. For. You know, I, people go, well, you know, wow, you play, you know, because I lived in Tennessee for a long time. They go, play, you play really good. You, you rock really good. And then we go, at this age, <laughs> if you gave a chimpanzee a ream of paper and a typewriter, they'd write a, a, the, the great American novel. I better do something right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So what is a what is a day in the life of Bobby look like for you as a you know a seasoned musician and and you know getting ready to release your new record and all that kind of stuff? Um, oh well, I mean you know, <laughs> please we know what this is like. I, I, I you know my my maid wakes me up in the morning and makes me eggs Benedict, <laughs> right. and then uh, we go I go to the Lamborghini and drive two blocks down to the mailbox and yeah. we come back and get and say should we which plane should we take today? There you go. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Are we talking about uh, blues and acoustic music or pop? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're talking about Eric at, at, at his island in the Caribbean. Yeah. You know? uh, um, no, it's actually pretty boring. You know, I mean, I do more business than I do anything else. I mean, it's, it's like, it's like, I mean, it's so true that Jackson Brown song, The Loadout, you know, the only time that seems too short is the time that we get to play. Yeah. You know, yeah. because most of it is, you know, and especially these days in social media land and, and, you know, having to do a lot of things on your own, it's, it's, you know, you work. I, you know, if I'm doing European stuff, I'm up at five in the morning, you know, working until twelve at night, just doing that stuff. So, yeah. I, you know, I've got a boring day, but I'm a good cook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what have you um, starting in in the seventies and and being an active musician through all these years? Obviously, there's been tremendous changes in the musical industry. Do you? Um, you just kind of have to roll with it. Do you do you wish it was like it was? Are you more content with the way it well, is? See, it, it, it's it's different. I mean, and right now, <clears throat> apologies for the cough. That's okay. Um, I mean, you know, I'm I'm now I, I'm now on a Warner Brothers distributed label for the first time. That I'm I'm on, first time I'm on a major label distributed label in years. Um, 
you know, I was on Ichiban, that was EMI, and they were a big label at the time. And, you know, <clears throat> the, the difference, there are things that I do miss about the old, uh, quote-unquote, evil corporate structure, mm -hmm. which is that they got you radio play. I mean, you didn't have to worry about getting indies to do it. Right. If you wanted to go on the road, um, yeah, you were going to owe it, but they were going to throw you on a bus, bus and put you out there to go play. Right. And and you didn't have to worry about those upfront costs. Right. <laughs> now you do. And it's very difficult going out and playing. And I do acoustic solo shows. I do duo shows. I do band three-piece. I do band four-piece. And it's really expensive and venues are closing left and right. Right. You know? yeah, so yeah. it's 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 completely different. Um, you know, I mean I am radio wise, I'm always eternally grateful for X Sirius XM mm -hmm. because you know, you know, people don't really realize that that they pay really great money mm. and, and I'm always on it. Yeah. And that's something that you just hold on to for dear life, like endorsements. Right. So, yeah, yeah it's changed a lot. <laughs> you know, I mean, like I'm going to the NAMM show next week in Nashville, you know, and I, I, I have endorsements and I go every year mm -hmm. and I go I go to Anaheim. But I see YouTube stores and I go, what is a YouTube store? Even though I know what a YouTube store is. Right. I'll walk up to them and I'll go, have you ever done any touring or yeah, you do your dates? Uh, and they're like, well, no, I play in my basement. <laughs> yeah, right. And I'm like, all right, so you've never, like, been in front of 100 or 200 or 10,000 or 50,000 or 100,000 people? No. Yeah. yeah. Wow, what would you do? Yeah, right. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not yeah. sure, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, gone are those days, I'm afraid, and, and uh, certainly I'm old enough to have experienced the audience side of those shows, and, and uh, I sure do. You know, obviously, they're still going on out there, but not, not the way that uh, you grew up in the 70s and 80s and, uh, you know, enjoying that, those things. And so, Yeah, I mean, there was, you know, you, would, you could go out to shows, and I always tell people that with what I do, especially after this long of a career, there is nothing that can compare. It's like, you know, the movie Almost Famous is one of my, probably, yeah, that and it's, it's a Wonderful Life is my favorite movie. Hmm. Almost Famous is my second. Yeah. You know, and I love Cameron Crowe anyway, so I just, I think he's brilliant. Yeah. But that was so real to me because that's when I came into the business. Right. You know, when the riot house was there in L.A. and Swingos yeah. and Cleveland. And I, and I tell people, 99% of the entire world, probably from the beginning of time, will never know what it's like to walk up those metal stairs and get onto that stage in front of 20 or 30 or 50 or 250,000 people. Yeah. Yeah. They don't know what that is, that's like. Yeah. And, and you never forget that. Yeah, I'm sure. Because it's extraordinary. It's, it's just amazing, the energy. Even if they hate you, you know, get off the stage, you know, <laughs> Tim McGraw, Rush, you know, whoever it is. It, even if they hate you, the energy is amazing. And if you can win them over yeah. by the end of your show... Wow! Yeah, you know, it's like it's like being in this incredible battle that's a happy one, and you won. Yeah, you yeah, know? that's a cool way to look you know? at that. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I said it's funny because I went to Red Rocks last two weeks ago to see uh, John Fogarty with with Malone. You know, it was, it was sold out. In fact, it was oversold. <laughs> and you know, and I was watching that, and they had all the you know they had a five hundred thousand dollars screen behind them, and I'm watching Bob with his top hat playing his organ solo, and I'm like, oh, you bastard! And I remember what that was like. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> Damn it. Oh, <laughs> Are there still things on your music career bucket list that you that you want to do? Um. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I want to continue playing. Um, you know, I mean, I I just I want to see what happens with this record because it's it's really great. Um, and I I I just you know I, I th- there's a lot that can happen with this, and the shelf life now is not. You know your your eight weeks, you know. Yeah. So right. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you know, but it lasts a year or two years now. So I want to see what this does. But you know, I'm going into more production and writing, and you know, just doing more things like that. And you know, I, I wouldn't mind. I don't want to say retiring, but I wouldn't mind in a couple of years just laying back a little bit and doing more production. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, which I'm doing anyway. So you know, I've, I've probably produced you know 12 albums so yeah okay. it, it would be sort of nice to go back into that and just yeah. be in the studio a lot and then go on a beach and you know later <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> so so the new record is lemonade uh the press material says release date july 12th right yeah that's friday that's friday yep. yeah okay um tour planned will you will you will you take it on the road for a bit or what does that look like yeah we're going to be doing some shows we're going to you know i'm uh, waiting a little bit i was supposed to do europe in september but i think that's going to be later i did it last october um bob malone and i are doing uh we don't know if we're calling it b and b or m and m but we're doing these we're doing these shows shows with the two of us uh, when he gets back from fogarty we, we did one already at the funky biscuit in boca raton florida but okay about two months ago, and it was it was it was great. Yeah. So, so we're doing the Northeast. I know. I mean, I know. I've, in October, I've got a short tour in the Midwest. Then I'm gonna come back to Colorado, uh, and then I'm flying it out to the Northeast, and we're doing uh, probably five to seven shows. There's three already books. Um, the Sellersville Theater, the Falcon, and uh, and Debonair Music Hall with the two of us. So. And then we'll just, you know, I, I do want to play. I mean, I'm headlining a festival in Jamaica in, in January. I did it this year. And, you know, I, I do want to go play. I just want to, you know, <clears throat> the whole idea is, I mean, I've gotten into a comfort level that I just don't want to, you know, when you get to a certain point, right? you don't stay in red roofs. You know, you stay in, you know, at, you know Hilton's or right. Country Inns and Suites or something. Right, you know, yeah. That, <laughs> And, and and I won't go out if I'm not going to be able to do that because after doing it for this long, if you can't be comfortable and safe and happy and, and you know and, and and rested, then what's the point of doing sure. it? Sure, yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah, but I you know I'm going to continue playing. My shows are, and I say that my shows are like three four hours long a lot. <laughs> you know, I'll open with an hour hour and a half acoustic show and then right. do electric. And, okay. And I was just in a car accident, so my my knees are really messed up and. Uh, you know, both both knees have have tears in my meniscus. Oh so, man! 
Yeah, it's a bummer. So yeah. I can't like, jump off rice or something. Right, yeah. <laughs> no, no more flying from ropes and landing in the scaffolding somewhere. <laughs> I know. I did, a, I did a show two weeks ago on my birthday in Denver at this little club that I love, and they just, you know, the Blues Society, and all these people came out for it. And I was playing, I was having a, it was just, it was, it was just a really great show, and I went and I went out to jump, and my drummer went, no, nah! and I was like, <laughs> it was like slow motion going, yeah. oh, my God, <laughs> as I'm coming down on my knee, you know? <laughs> yeah, oh, my, wow. So uh, the website is uh, com, right? Yes, sir. Yep. And uh, folks can reach out to you there. The record will be, I'm assuming, available on all the regular channels on social media. Yeah, it's stuff. on Spotify already. It's on iTunes already. Okay. It's on uh, it's on everything already. The label is Fishhead. Okay. Uh, out of out of Cleveland, it's part of the um, Tragic uh, Hero label group. <laughs> it's distributed by Warner Brothers, and the video lemonade just. Um, um, I think I can say it because this will probably be out later. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, it debuts on Heartland TV on uh, Friday. Oh, great! At, okay, at, at, at two at two o'clock, and then yeah, it's going to the be 12th. on. Uh, okay. <coughs> it's going to be on Next Stop Nashville, and then it's also going to be uh, on um, My Jam TV, which is like two hundred and eleven million worldwide. Yeah, awesome! So, and the video is great. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but it's. I haven't seen it yet. I listened to the song. I love the song. Yeah, I'll have to go. Oh, isn't it a great song? Isn't it great? I love it. You know, that shit me, baby, shit me part. I have people singing that. Yeah, (laughs) that's great. (laughs) It definitely sounds like it could be one of the ones that that lingers for a while, so that's awesome. Oh, I know. It's great. I love that. I'm so happy about it. Yeah, good. (laughs) Well, thank you, Bobby. This has been a treat. I've been looking forward to talking to you since we set this up, and so I I wish you the best with it. Greg, thanks. I apologize, folks, about my uh, tickling my throat on eating cough drops and drinking water, but... You know, I'm an allergy-driven bugger. So, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, Greg, thanks so much, man. Yeah, yeah. Thank you too, and and I uh, wish you the best. And hopefully, we'll catch you catch one of your shows here before you get done with this record. That'd be great, my brother. I appreciate that. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.